Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome friends to the newest edition of 3 In, 3 Out. What if the most unique Seahawks preview podcast in the multiverse? I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me out on Twitter, at Clinton Bon. I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. And find him out on Twitter, at SeahawkersPod. And you know by now, at least I hope you know by now, you ought to know by now. If you don't know by now, you got to do better by now. We are joined by, of course... The protector of the Seahawks multiverse, Mr. Phil Lydic. We fellas, I'm gonna just say this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna summon and get into the, the brains of, of, of Coach Pete Carroll. He's in the locker room. He says, We ain't dead yet, boys. We ain't dead yet. We win the game. We're cruising down to Houston. I don't know. Can we can we get back in this thing? Can we can we get back in it? I know we're at 3% right now, but Brandon, can we get back in this thing? What do you think? I, it's possible, but I, I can sense your Mets fandom sneaking back into this. It's like you you want to be hurt again. You just you're you're craving that that run that the Seahawks can do just so you can start to believe again. That is that's exactly it. I'm I'm within an arm's length of my my Piazza bobblehead and a signed Mookie Wilson card that I have. Yeah. And I got a Pete Alonzo home run derby card from from Tops. Yeah, man. It, I, there's I, nothing. There's nothing wrong with that, though. Uh, that's that is an okay way to do your fandom, and I support it. And I want to be there with you because, just like I talked about with Adam, uh, as you'll hear on the Seahawkers podcast, I, 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 the one thing I want now that we have beaten the San Francisco 49ers twice, I just, I want to be in that position to where these two teams tie at the end of the season for their record. Yes. And we win the tiebreaker based on the head-to-head division wins, and they're out of the playoffs. And if that puts us in the playoffs, then great. Sounds nice. That sounds nice. Yes, it does. At least yes, it does. At least we know the Niners will not sneak past us. That's one thing for sure if we're tied at the end of the year. so That's right. And at least the Jets will have to pick after them, uh, which I don't know. <laughs> do we, Wait, do we want that? I don't know. I don't know about that, I, I but no matter about what rooting for draft picks. So I, I I'll stay away from that. No matter what this year, when it comes to playing the Niners, we'll have beat them more, a lot more than they have beaten us no matter what. So that that's already a win. Now we're just building from here. And I'm a little bit like Clinton. Anytime there's a chance you're saying there's a chance I'm looking, how could we turn this little crack of light into something that glows just a little bit more. And can we peer into the portal of possibility that we just might do something that has rarely, if ever been done. Uh, it's, it's hard not to think that way, isn't it? And that's why we play. What if a little bit We're we're thinking sure. about what if we're not dead yet? What if something can happen a little bit more than we might expect? Now we don't want to throw all our emotions there, but before you go on, Phil, I just, while we're on the topic of this this potential, Clinton brought up 3%, and if we're doing the, the 538.com odds, 
yeah, the Seahawks are at 3%. And the 49ers, with just two more wins, are at 62% to make the playoffs. And maybe that has to do with the fact that they're playing at Cincinnati and then they're playing Atlanta. So maybe their schedule mm. just shapes up well to where that uh, that suits them somehow. But I, I just, I'm having a hard time imagining them having a 60% better chance of making the playoffs with just two more wins. I would say the problem we have, Houston, is that other than the <laughs> Niners, we lose tiebreakers to just about everybody. That's that's the difficult part. So Right, I, and I they beat Minnesota, and they've uh, beaten the Bears already. Yeah. Yeah. And we're yeah, going to we Bears. We got to climb, you know, quite a number of folks and get things to break our way. But hey, listen, we also probably all saw that report that showed how the Detroit Lions could still make the playoffs. So if the Lions can still make the playoffs, well, then I know our Seahawks can still make the playoffs. So, yep, holding on to hope. And this is going to be a fun game, man. This is like this was this was supposed to be this like kind of the celebration game of the year, right? Like it's going to be the easy squeezy part of the schedule. We should be locked into a playoff spot by now. And we're not right. Well, we got to we got to scrap and see if a couple of things can break our way. But that's what it's all about. So, Mr. Phil, what do you what do you got? What, what do you got for us this week, man? Where, where are you bringing us? Well, I'm looking I'm looking forward to the what if here. You guys had such a top show on the recap here. I know we can't uh, match or surpass that. We'll give it a best shot. You guys had a, had a lot of fun, had a good vibe going. I think we all just enjoyed, as I've said all year, I. I just wish we could play the 49ers like every single week. I really enjoy playing. I always think that when I'm going into a Rams and after a Rams game is like, if we, I just wish it could be the Niners again, but I am looking forward to this Houston game, traveling down there to Houston. A few things about uh, this great city in the big state of Texas. It is the fattest city. They are known to be the fattest people there on average in Houston. So really uh, Houston. for whatever that's worth, that's kind of interesting. Um, but we're not going to play. What if we're fat? It's named after their former president, <laughs> Sam Houston. Um, and of course, this is very well known. The National Museum of Funeral History is there. They have an amazing display of caskets. Uh, one, one thing buried there is Enron. You might remember Enron. Uh, that's sure. uh, something that died there. Um, they have no zoning laws, so it's total mayhem on how the buildings are put together. Brandon and some of the flockers are going to see how that all comes together. But we're not going to talk about any of that. This game that we're looking forward to Sunday will be seen early Sunday from what is the outer space capital of the world, Houston, Texas, USA. So, you know what? We must boldly go. We must venture into a galaxy far, far away. We plan to see everyone, hopefully, not on the dark side of the moon. But what if we launch this episode into outer space? Got to play the theme song from my dad's favorite show. Little TNG. Well, this is the original, isn't it? It's the very original. Oh, that's the OG. Okay. And all of those are my dad's favorite series. So, but what if we go to outer space here? We're the space capital of the world. Houston, Texas is where we're boldly going. Got some categories here on episode 13. It'll be for Brandon to start off. But we have space eaters. We have a safe space. And then we're going to talk about MySpace. And really, it'll be Brandon 
and Clinton's MySpace, as we consider. But we're going to start off with some space eaters. Obviously, you think football, there's a lot of chances for some space eating. But uh, we have this first question go to Brandon. Who will eat all the available space? As we boldly go into where many have gone to find lots and lots of open space against the Houston Texans, the big spaces of Houston's defense, particularly their putrid run defense, Brandon, they have a disastrous run defense. So what are we expecting to see on eating of some space here as you go see this game live, Brandon? This is definitely one of those games where you go in expecting the Seahawks to to put the run game on the field, especially when you look at that Houston run defense with what Pete Carroll wants to do with some of the success that they had late in the game running it against the 49ers. And gosh, we even saw a successful screen. So I do believe Pete when he says that Alex Collins is ready to go after having that week of rest. And I expect them to move the ball with with Alex Collins. So if he's the one eating the space, if it's uh, Damian Lewis back in there helping push guys around to to help make the space. I hope so. I, I do think that this is this is going to be a game for the Seahawks run game to feast. Now, I have to ask, do we think it's going to be, you know, 30 mile per hour winds and like, you know, 15 degrees out there. So Belichick could hand the ball to Ramon J. Stevenson in Houston, like 88, 80, No, I know. I know it's not going to be. I'm just Carol probably watched that Bill's Pats game and was salivating a bit um, because the Patriots contributed. It was amazing, amazing to watch a game where like they threw the ball three times and. The Bills knew what they were going to do, and they still got blown off the ball, um, which just goes to show you with all these, oh, it's a passing, it's a passing league, it's a passing league, it's a passing league, until it's not, until until it gets figured out. And, you know, and and Mahomes isn't quite the Mahomes of a couple of years ago and things like that, right? It's like, no, it's actually a running league. It's it's a, it's a, it's a league to establish, you know, control the freaking clock. However, however, I kind of don't want to see Seattle go too run heavy Number one, because I think Collins is still still a little bit dinged. And then the rest of the the, the tribe back there, I don't have the greatest of confidence that, that that's a great stable of running backs, even though Penny performed uh, admirably last week you know, and, and really well with a couple of plays. To answer, I'm going to say a little trickery, a little bit of trickery, because we saw it breaking out last week. And I hope that Pete kind of gets that flavor back, that, that big balls flavor, right? And I'm going to say we're going to see at least one, perhaps two, large D Eskridge runs. Okay. So we get some space created with some motion and some jet sweeps slash pop passes. And we, we bring D into the game a bit more after he had what is the best game of his young, young career. So that's how we're going to create some space, lots of motion and some D Eskridge on the jet sweeps. Yeah. And Houston's prone to that. And then they lot, they just like sent their best linebacker because they didn't like his attitude or he didn't like being there. So they already have a terrible, terrible run defense and then probably their best player against the run. He just got let go. So I think Eskridge around the side, there, there should be some opportunity. A lot of it's going to depend on how it's blocked. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, but I confidence is high that we're going to, we're going to be, we're going to get back to some, some of that dynamics that we saw week one versus the Colts. And just quickly, hey, that was the best we've seen Russ pretty much all year, or at least since week one or half of the game versus Tennessee. Um, you know, he's he's nearly back. And if he's nearly back and the O-line's getting healthy and D is 
kind of a real part of the offense. Well, you know, sheesh, maybe it's maybe it's what Shane the main brain was intending all along. It just, you know, got delayed by about 13 weeks. We'll see. On the other side of the ball, who on defense will eat up all the space left by Jamal? So we know Adams is out. Big bummer there. Um, but now Neil, we expect Neil's going to move in and replace Jamal. So here's the other question. How's this D going to look in space against what we would call an uneven Texan offense? You know, they have Davis Mills, it sounds like, is going to be sitting in their black hole of a pocket to uh, be feasted upon, hopefully. Hopefully we can get we can add to our, what, 18, 19 sacks that we disappointingly have this year. But how are we going to play with without Jamal there? If Neil does move into the strong, who's going to fill in for what Neil had been doing? What do you think it's going to look like back there with Jamal out? This is a perfect game where it, that injury won't hurt too much um, because of what you just said. This is this is not the greatest show on turf. Let's let's put it that way, right? Where you want to go into the the big nickel or the dime packages, where then you know Neil has to play the Adams role, and then who's taking Neil's role, um, and and see who steps up in that regard. I think we're going to see a lot of base and a lot of trying to get home with with four. And, you know, maybe maybe you blitz, you blitz your linebackers, kind of standard package stuff, simply because the Texans, they're just not talented enough. You got Brandon Cooks, and then what? You know, David David Johnson's washed. We're talking Rex Burkhead. I mean, the guy's a nice NFL player, but there's just not enough talent across the, across the, the entire 11th they have there. And I'm very unconvinced that Davis Mills is an NFL caliber quarterback. So... This should be a very simple game where you can you can play base, uh, kind of let Neil get his just get get his feet wet in the in the Jamal role and not have to worry too much. There's just not enough dynamic players out there to burn them. So I don't expect too much fancy. I expect can our four dudes up front get to Mills, create the pressure, and on on the occasion you send your fifth guy, you do your stunts, and you should be able to get home because I mean heck everybody else is. So Brandon, can we do what our defense is? been so good at doing which is make this no-name quarterback look like professional caliber quarterback or apart from jamal what do you what do you adjustments do you see or you just think it's plug and play and we'll just try it with new personnel there is the potential that they can make this quarterback look good whether it is davis mills or whether trod taylor is going to be able to come back from his injury and and hop back in there um I think that this could give us a chance to maybe see Nigel Warrior a bit more, a, a player that we haven't nice. seen a whole lot of. And that would be the one guy that I would want to see with Ryan Neal playing full time to try and mix in there a little bit, just because he is he has of all the other defensive backs that uh, I've, I've seen on the roster. I think he has the ability to be the most physical and you want that physical presence, just like Ryan Neal has been. And uh, and and so I'm ready to see that from him in this game. Hopefully he can get out there. I do think that we're going to need this defense to continue to be aggressive, though, because, yeah, if you just if you're dropping back and allowing a quarterback like Mills, the, the wide open looks to check down to, I, I think he'll take that all game. Yeah, any of these guys can throw the ball if they just if they get yeah. allowed to get comfortable. That's why they're on NFL teams. That's what 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 we need them to do is have to make above and beyond decisions. We need to force that. I, it's always a bummer when we don't feel like we're gonna 
really step on these guys that aren't used to being shaken up. I, I hope, I hope it's different. This, I hope it's different. And that's well, going to really they be... did well enough though, you know, against the number one pick and the Jaguars earlier on with uh, Trevor Lawrence. So sure. I think that, I think if they could do that to Trevor, they could do it to Davis Mills. That's a great point. Okay. Well, on our next category recently, you know, our millennial friends have created what they like to call safe spaces, safe spaces. <laughs> and so they talk about this being a safe space. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about safe space. Houston has the 27th ranked D line by DVOA and could be worse by some other metrics, but on pass rush, they're just below average and we'd like for us to have a safe space i i think we would what if the hawks can create some safe space for russell how can they begin to accomplish this with their limping and we see that they're kind of banged up they're limping o-line what what ideas do you have for them uh, to, to handle some of this because that, that was a lot of unacceptable play i thought and do you have any solutions that you've seen going up against the niners i can understand that yeah they have well, particularly one guy with Bosa yeah. on that line that you have to worry about with the Texans. Do they even have, is there anybody left that you Jacob have to be Martin, concerned? Baby. About? I was going to say they got Jacob Martin. They do oh, have, he's got like four sacks or something, right? Okay. So, yep. so that's the, that's the one guy, former Seahawks legend, Jacob Martin. Uh, so you got to make sure you have a guy on him. But their team has seven or eight more sacks than our team does. Yeah. They're, they're not a bad, but like you said, they're average. They're not a, the best part of their team is probably just the fact that their D-line can can generate somewhat of a decent pass rush. They they do that. There's yeah. not stars. There's not a star. But yeah. they throw crazy yeah. stuff at you. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're pretty good about creating some pressure. That That's one thing they are decent at. Yeah, and if they can run a stunt and, uh, and Kyle Fuller's out there, then it's going to be a long day for Russ. But, yeah, hopefully Damian Lewis is back in there. I liked what I saw from Stone Forsythe out on the edge. So if Brandon Shell needs uh, some extra time, I I saw them giving Forsythe some help with. Shell's uh, not going to play. Did you hear? If, I mean, come right. on. Right. Yeah. yeah. He I, basically I, he I basically said he's he can't even like say he's there yet. So yeah. yeah so no, Damian so Lewis. At- it it sounds like he's the guy who's close. Um, so whether or not it's Curran then out uh, on the edge or Forsythe, you know that'll be something that we'll have to watch for. But in terms of giving Russ some space there, a, a, a safe space, <laughs> I just would like to see them continue to do what they started to do against the 49ers. Some some quick throws. Now, those those quick throws didn't look all that great in the first half, but in the second half, they, they seemed to find their rhythm. It got better. It got better. They even had some plays in there where they were giving uh, Russ some extra protection. There yes. was one play where I counted... Uh, Rashad Penny, along with both tight ends in the backfield blocking, which means the only guys out there running a route were Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And I'm okay with that sometimes. <laughs> They're good enough, right? Oh, yeah. Well, Tyler can find a way to get open, and DK was drawing four other guys in the zone that he was running into, and you know he ends up hitting Tyler on the sideline. So there, there are those opportunities, and uh, I would expect more of that in in the game plan with the Niners, maybe not so much with a team like the Texans, where you yeah. don't have that expectation that they're going to be able to, to deliver that same kind of pressure that the Niners do, but continue to, to keep Russ in that mode of you know, being the point guard. 
So if we all had our fill of Fuller, I mean, I don't know about you, Clinton, yep. but I'm full. I'm about to say I'm done. Okay. Check, what, check, what do you think? Check please on that guy. Yeah. No, no, no offense to the man, but check please. Um, yeah. I'll just, I'll jump right off where, where Brandon's points. I, I think it's a lot. Uh, to me, it's a lot of that. It is, it is a lot of, it is the use of the middle of the field. And when you use the middle of the field, which they did a lot more last game, you're talking about quicker releases because you literally just, just time, right? Time, <laughs> time travels a certain way going to the edges and then your players getting to the edges, it, whether they're running to the flats or you're, you're doing like, you know, some, some nine routes down the side, those just take longer to develop. So um, just, just targeting the middle of the field with, with more, uh, with more purpose and more, uh, more thoughtful volume is the start. And, and then, I think the play action too is going that to, was, that was, that was my next, that was it, man. Just get it, getting him, let, let him play action and get the, get, get the rollouts, get the boots, get the rollouts, you know, give, give, give Russ those. We all remember those, like that, that 2012 Sydney Rice touchdown against the Patriots. When really the whole, if you go back to a play that started the the kind of the Russ revolution, like that's that's maybe it. That's one of those. Right? We I think we had a Chicago Bears overtime win that year too. That was like you know remarkable. But that rollout, create a little space, uh, step up, fire the ball downfield. I think it's a combo of those two things. The quick, you know, three-step drop, hit over the middle stuff, a lot more of that. And then let's pepper in the rollouts and let's get, I said it on, on you know, on three in, three out. I'm predicting at least one 45-yard plus touchdown to either Lockett or DK. I just think it's going to hit this week. They give um, up big plays. Houston's really exactly. good at giving up big they're, plays. They're a very bad team. I mean, they are a very bad team. So, we should be able to do what we want to. And let's not forget, Gerald Everett is not going to have a game like that ever again in his NFL career. He's just not. So getting him back all last week, we gotta get we gotta get DK the ball. We gotta get DK the ball. And then we throw that stupid bubble screen for the first play of the game. They're gonna want to get Gerald Still Everett not back. No, I'm not because it's a bad play. It's it's a terrible play. But uh, and it went for negative one yard. So I the, like the that play. Of, I want to give DK the opportunity to run guys over. Go beast mode on cool, some guys. Cool. Do great. Do that the seventh play. Don't do it the first play after all you said all week was we've got to get DK the ball. It's just it's just dumb. Yes, you got to give him the ball, but don't do it then. But I do expect you know Pete and Russ to to get Gerald Everett back involved quite a bit. And hopefully that's that's the again the middle of the field. So long-winded answer for middle of the field, pocket rollouts for, for the deep stuff. I, I know we're gonna run the ball. I hope we don't I actually hope we don't run it too much. I think this is a this could be the three touchdown Russ, Russ's fully back day. Um, because he was I think he was like nearly fully back last game, his best game yet. And this could be the oh boy, Russ's completely back game. And if we have that, then then this is you know, then, then we wouldn't go in away. One of the main things I miss about Daryl Bevel, and I don't know if it was more, if it was because it was beast mode or not. I love that play action rollout. Yes. Russ looked so good on that. It's like he just faked the handoff. He'd go out there. Almost every time you knew it was going to be a good play, he'd look at the deep one. If it wasn't there, there was like a secondary option, or he could even run it. That Bevel was so good at that. I thought when we got Shane, because we saw Jared Goff do it so often, I thought when we got Shane, we'd see a lot of that this year. And I've seen so few of those. I miss that from Bevel, and maybe it was just beast mode. We needed that 
guy that was going to bring all the other players to to be sucked in when he saw the ball. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, my, my quick, I don't think we need, I mean, Beast Mode's, you know, in my opinion, a Hall of Famer and he'll be, and deserves a, sure. deserves a Beast Mode statue to be unveiled one day with his number up, up and up and, uh, you know, up, up at Lumen. Um, it, but, and it's great to have a guy like that, but no, you'd, you don't need that for effective play action. You you need a, you need a semblance of a run game, um, but you don't you don't need you don't need a Hall of Famer for that. If that's just you know you just got to run the ball with a, with a little bit of efficacy, which we do. Some sometimes sometimes. <laughs> okay, Clinton. I usually like try to keep things going. Now I'm the one slowing things down here today. But no, that's, that's all right, all right bro. Uh, I'll blame myself. So what if the Hawks? can win this game decisively you know how would and we almost we were close to being able to win the last game somewhat decisively by your metrics but this one i can see that you're peeking ahead seeing the possibility of that in some of your answers what if the hawks can win this game decisively how will you feel will you feel like the rams game can lead us to great things or just let's have some fun keep our emotions from launching into outer space i mean this is a safe space here, Clinton. You can say how you're about ready to feel if we do play really well. You talked about Russ just rolling. Uh, how will you feel? Will you say, okay, we get the Rams and we're on our way? This It's now coming down to that. Or are you just going to hold back and just enjoy it as it comes? How are you yep. going to do it? Clinton? I'm going to give a nuanced answer here. No, no shock, I'm sure. Um, the way that we'll feel after we win this game, and I think, and I think we win this game by over 11, um, and by the way, you know, last time we, we should have against the, against the Niners, as we all know, um, I think we win this game going away, you know, 10, 10 plus point victory. I'm going to feel good be- because Russ will be, I think if we, if we do hit that, then it's, Hey, Russ is really looking like he's, he's old Russ and in a good way, uh, old school Russ, um, the emphasis on what the future looks like, it won't be in our control this week. It's going to be, it's going to be, can the, can the Steelers, if we guys listen to this tomorrow, Steelers kick off against the Vikings in about 20 minutes, right? And then down the line, can the Bengals, can the Bengals beat the Niners? So there's going to be this and others, right? The, the you know, the, the Washington football team, et cetera, et cetera, the Eagles, the everybody, the Panthers play the Falcons. So let's not have a tie. So things like that, right? So depending on how the rest of the field breaks, um, I expect to win. It's if we get like two thirds of the breaks to go our way, then that Rams game is going to just be that much more you know, amped. It's going to be really, really on an angle of like, holy cow, if we, if we, if we can take this thing, we are back in it. And that's going to be the exciting. Truth, so the truth is if we did win out, that sounds crazy with this team, but if we did, we are likely to be in at nine and eight, we'd be. And I think the Rams game really shows whether or not we have any shot at it. That, that's kind of how I'm, what, how I'm looking at it. What do you think, Brandon, if we win decisively, how will you be uh, looking forward to the Rams game? I, I'm not getting myself excited until after the Rams game. So whether it is a decisive win, the, the only thing a decisive win tells me this week is that Pete Carroll uh, is still wanted around by Russell Wilson, because this this is the type of game that if you want to get your coach fired, play poorly. And uh, <laughs> right. losing That's to the crazy. Texans would be a disaster that would put so much heat on Pete Carroll that I, I do not know that he could even survive the rest of the regular season if they were to lose this game. I mean, that's true, but that is like, that is like little sister sneaky stuff right there, Brandon. That's, uh... <laughs> I, hey, I mean, if, if you wanted to make it happen, this is the chance. 
he goes over to his next door neighbor friend and he goes, you know how to get your big brother in trouble? Just do this and start crying. <laughs> it's going to work. Okay. Well, it was a safe space. You said how you're thinking. Boy, yeah, and you you have a low. You Is is that really, you really think Russ thinks that way, Brandon? Honestly. No, I, I don't. Uh, okay. I, I don't <laughs> think that he thinks that way, but it's it's in my mind. Okay. It's something I've been thinking about. That would be second level sneakiness right there. Okay. In 2003... Tim Anderson and Chris DeWolf launched what would become the largest social networking site at the time up until, you know, since ever. And it's MySpace, MySpace. I was uh, too old by then, but I heard about it a little bit. People could create their own social space where people come visit and whatever. This is going to be your space. Tom was our friend. Tom was everybody's friend. Tom was everybody's he was your, friend. I don't, he was your first friend. Yeah, yeah. Tom, Tom was your first friend. That was it. You you joined MySpace and you joined with a friend. Okay, I'm too was, old. All right. I'm his too... name was Tom and he had a white shirt on. He was looking over his shoulder. Okay, you know? all right. <laughs> well, this will be your space here on the, and of course it already is. It's, it's your show. But on this, what if, what if the Hawks, Brandon, what if they fail to launch again? What if they fail to launch there in the, outer space capital of the world where more space launches have happened than anywhere. What if they fail to launch Houston? We don't have liftoff rather Houston. We have a problem. How would you have the offense attack this team in the second half? If they can't get any run game established in the first half, this is your space, Brandon. What are you going to tell them to go out and do in the second? Wow. If they can't, get a run game going against these Texans. I I have to feel like they're just going to to keep after it. I I I do think now they may change it up in terms of the different concepts in terms of the blocking schemes for the run game and and maybe that's where they shift. I I just don't see him unless it's one of those situations where they get behind early and they're forced to do nothing but throw against the Texans in the second half. I don't see them making that shift toward. This is hard for me, Phil, because it's your space, Brandon. I, well, you're you're asking me to to put myself in the place of a team that doesn't have success in the first half against the Texans. And that's a dark place. I, I already went to a dark place with my last answer. And oh, now, yeah, that's now true. I'm going back there again with... Uh, I didn't expect that, so I, I didn't really plan ahead to, to have you double down on the dark places. Uh, no, and it's it's just that um, that, that has the ability to be dark. If, it would they, be dark. if they get into these types of situations against the team that is only... There's one team. It, Clinton, you mentioned it earlier, that the, the Lions have a very specific set of circumstances that have to happen for them to make the playoffs. There's one team that is not eligible for the playoffs in the entire NFL, and that is the Houston Texans. And they so, have the worst run defense in the whole league. And they have the worst defense. So, Clinton, what, if we fail to launch, you, you say keep chopping wood or just switch it up. Fire and... Pete at halftime. That's it. That's my okay. answer. That's, that's what, that's what <laughs> I, I know that's going to be on Twitter somewhere, right? And a lot of places. Clinton, on your space, what would you do if we just can't seem to launch an offense in the first half? Yeah, I, I think I'm trying to go through the how would that happen? And to me, it might be where, you know, we're just, let's say where you have a 
a mixed offensive line in there, right? You know, Forsyth and, and Lewis is not quite back yet, but he's playing. Penny you know, has one some... great run and then he's out for the game. Well, yeah, well, actually, actually, my, my answer was going to rely on him, believe, believe it or not. It's like if we can't do the normal things, we're not a stretch zone. We're not an outside. We're not a toss, you know, type uh, stretch zone running team. It's not, it's not really not what we do. It's it's different traps. It's different stuff between the guards. Uh, it's it's for the most part, it's a lot of interior rushing. It is when remember when Collins had that that great half against the Steelers, that stuff was not outside. It was right up the gut and blowing some dudes off the ball. That's what we will try because that's what we do. If that's not working, I think uh, not a bad plan. If if uh, Penny can make it through, you know, through a full first half. Why don't we try stretch plays with Penny? Like th- that's where that dude's actually really good. He's not great at you know within the five yard line to go smash mouth the ball. That's not that's just not his thing. But we've seen Dwayne Brown kick out and and do his best. Walter Jones this year. So let's do some of that. Let's do some student body left sweep left toss left and get outside with Penny and try it that way. So I if, like it. If the gut stuff ain't working, play to Penny's strength and. Try that. Um, I hope we don't, I hope we're not in that situation where it's like, sheesh, what, uh, seven to six, third quarter. And, and like, that's, that's what's happening. I really hope that's not the case. Um, but if it is, let's, let's play to Penny's strengths and see if he could carry the day. See, I'm, I'm actually counting on them getting Penny outside against this Texas defense because I, I do think that that's where. They're susceptible. So I and I guess in that sense, too, Clinton, you're right. If they if they aren't doing that in the first half and then Pete Carroll gets fired at halftime and then Shane Waldron <laughs> comes in and makes the necessary changes. Sure. That, yeah. uh, that makes sense. Penny's going to have a couple big plays. I, and I got a feeling in this one. I got a feeling he's going to have a couple big ones. Hopefully he stays nice. healthy after the big play. That's usually the dangerous thing for him. Clinton, what if you get to tell Shane and Ken how to neutralize a Texan? As we finish up here, focusing on some of the, the Texans you've been thinking about, it's hard to think of, you know, important players, but there are a few. What if you get to tell them to neutralize a Texan on either side of the ball or both? Who would that player be and how would you plan on doing it? How would you plan on neutralizing a Texan on either side? And this will make the difference in the game. Oh boy. I mean, there's, there's not a, there's not a ton of talent out there. Um, you know, and I hate to give the chalk answer of, of you know, but I, I'm going to because we've seen the failure to lock down the best player. It's Justin Britt. It, I know you're going to say Justin Britt. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Britt revenge game coming up here. Um, but, you know, we've seen the failure of locking down Kamara. We've seen the failure of uh, not that Woods was is their best player, but we also see how important Woods is to that Rams offense now that he's gone. Right. That that offense ain't the same without him. And he just ate us up. So. You know, it's it's the Belichickian answer to be like, just just shut down Brandon Cooks. I know that's the chalk answer, but that's the dude. That is the dude. Um, t- at, at all costs, take Brandon Cooks away and then let have Davis Mills throw at what are far inferior receivers. Um, short and sweet with that one because it, it's it's as chalk as it gets. Anybody on defense you're looking out for? You want to neutralize? Not, not in particular. I, I really, I, I really, you know, it's not a, I, I don't have a great understanding of their, their entire depth chart of it is one thing. And I think there's a reason for that. I'm a pretty good NFL fan and I play a ton yeah. of fantasy football, including IDP leagues where I, where I, it's my you know job for that, for that to go. No individual defensive players. Um, no, 
Clinton, I never bet, and I will bet you whatever with whatever odds that <laughs> no Houston Texan defenders are going to the Pro Bowl. Would, would you take that bet? I will not take that okay. bet. <laughs> All right. Okay, Brandon, Brandon, who, who do you want to uh, neutralize uh, from the Texans and how? Yeah, you know, it's, it's not uh, David Johnson rushing the ball, but it is actually David Johnson out of the backfield because that is the one guy that, I think about the the way that this defense has been operating, taking away the deep stuff. That's I, I do feel like that Brandon Cooks, that's what he's generally the, the best at is getting deep. But allowing David Johnson those passes where he leaks out and, and, and Mills just has to check it down to him and he's able to pick up those six, seven, eight yard gains. And, and he's averaging 7.6 yards per reception. So that is, wow. I, I think, a big part of the Texans game. And so if they're continuing to allow that, then I think this it could have the potential of being a long day for the Seahawks defense to where they're able to just dink and dunk their way down the field and, and do it with a guy like David Johnson. And what was well, so the one thing I want to jump off from that point is um, I think that that's a great answer, by the way. Uh, one thing that that comes up for me there is we've seen a lot of these stats now coming out now, now that we're getting towards the tail end of the year about where like Bobby Wagner's leading the league in tackles again. And Jordan Brooks is like, whatever, fifth, like he's yeah, right there. Like right? He's up together. there too. Yeah. yeah. And we've talked about this. It's like, I, I, Duh, I they have the most plays, <laughs> that, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, I understand tackles is, is a, is a huge stat for defenders. I get that. But like most, it's like it's like having your safety be the dude who has the most tackles in your team. That ain't good. No, that's bad. Right? That's really right. bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's really bad. And I understand tack, linebackers will, will routinely make the most tackles, but having two dudes there make it. It's just like it's it's just one of those stats where I don't. I it's like I don't think it means what 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 people think it means. I think it means most coaches have figured out what you just described, Brandon. Yeah, and they they abuse that part of the field. And therefore, a majority of balls go there because they make it simple. And then, yes, those guys make tackles, but that's not necessarily a good thing. It so means they're I'm, healthy. I'm, they're yeah, healthy, which yeah, is good. Yeah. It yeah, means they they're healthy. healthy. It means they can tackle. And it means that the the opposing offenses take advantage of the what the Seahawks defense is giving them. And what the Seahawks offense has been giving them, which is leaving the defense on the field on for the more field. than more plays than any other team in football. Right. Yeah, that combination, yeah, that that combo, yeah, it's just like you know, oh, Bob, Bobby's, and I love Bobby Wagner, dude. Dude is a go, you know, will be a absolute Hall of Famer, and hopefully should be first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, but that stat doesn't mean he's having a goat type year. It just means that teams figured out where to put the ball. And and, <laughs> and to your answer, Brandon, uh, that would be bad if if Johnson ends up with whatever some you know sixty something yards re receiving then we did a bad job there. And that, that is something to look, to look out for. I think it's a great answer. It's an easy pass for somebody like Mills to make too. That's the bummer. There. Like that's like the only pass that he can make at this point in his career. Well, and Pharaoh Brown, we got to look, think about Pharaoh Brown a little bit. I don't know. If, if, you know, we don't, we're not going to think about Pharaoh Brown. All cool right. name though. All right. Oh, well, we're probably going to wrap it up unless you guys have something else to add here. No, Brandon. I mean, have a, have an awesome time, man. Yeah. Have, have fun. Uh, say hello, you know, definitely take some, take some photos, uh, send them, send them a boot on the, the, the ring of honor and, and out, out on the discord and Twitter and uh, you know, just have, have fun, have fun with the, uh, the flock. And, you know, it's going to be nice. Let's I'll, I'll end it this way uh, for us. And obviously anybody tag in, but 
it's going to be nice when it's like, hey, you know, that that game you went to where like, hey, a lot of people bailed on it because we were three and eight and then they, then we were four and eight and then and then they win and we're five and eight. And, you know, like the, I'm just we're building momentum. I want to get back to the idea that we're building momentum. And if we can get back into this thing, this stretch run here with you guys going to the game down in Houston is going to be right at the epicenter of uh, of what got us back, uh, you know, what, what got our groove back. So so have a yeah, blast. What, what you're saying for the superstitious is that once the Seahawks win in Houston, we have to book our travel to L.A. And there we've got to keep this going. We've got everybody who is at this game has to be at the next game and the next game just to keep the streak going. That'd be good. Yeah. Enjoy the enjoy the casket tours there in Houston. <laughs> Not nope. doing the casket tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 hope there's no coffin flop. That's all. That's all, fellas. Well, uh, as says we the close guy up, who, my did, who, who says he was too old to remember MySpace. Yeah, <laughs> I'm only like two years older than you guys, but somehow that makes me way older than MySpace. I don't know how that happened. I was out of there during that time. My eighth grade son, guys, he told me that the sun's light. When we think about space, the sun's light is eight minutes away. Did you know that? So if it blew up. We'd all have about eight minutes to say goodbye to each other. And uh, if we just saw it blow and then off it, and then, and that'd be it. I wonder if this team is about to blow up or be blown up. That's what I'm wondering. (laughs) Maybe it's somewhere in between, but will we have eight minutes to see? Will we have eight minutes to see what kind of explosion is about to happen out there in the capital? We're going to see this one coming, Phil. We'll see this one coming. (laughs) We're going to see it coming. You guys will see it in person one way or another. All right, gentlemen. What if we say go Hawks? Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.